The gospel lesson for today is from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. This can be found on page 1017 of your Pew Bible. This encounter between Mary and Elizabeth, both with child, beautifully depicts the joy that the nearness of Jesus brings to believers. A reading from Luke chapter 1, beginning with the 39th verse. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. I was in the fifth grade when an unborn baby changed my life. My dad was working for the church, and my mom was working for a Christian adoption agency. And one day, while my mom was at work at the front desk of the Christian adoption agency, a young woman, a 16-year-old named Connie, arrived at the doorstep. She was scared, alone, and pregnant. She had been kicked out of her home because she got pregnant. She had nowhere else to go, so she got dropped off at the adoption agency where she met my mom. And she said, I need help. And my mom, who is the most compassionate and gracious person I've ever met, said to Connie, you can come live with us. Now, I don't know how my parents did it. They already had four kids at home, not much money to go around at all. But my mom came home with Connie. I remember the day she came home with her and explained to us what was going on. I remember my parents moving the furniture out of the master bedroom and into the room where my sisters shared a room, my two sisters who were teenagers themselves. They made room in the master bedroom for all three girls, Connie and my two sisters. I remember my dad and my brother putting a new twin bed between the other two twin beds so all three girls could stay there. There was a time of great uncertainty and fear that was infused also with joy. Connie went with us wherever we went. She came to church with us. She sat around the dinner table with us. She traveled with us. She was of Laotian descent. She didn't look like us. And as she stayed with us, her belly grew more and more. And in hindsight, I wonder how many people said to my parents, who's that? We just took her in. Yes, a time of uncertainty and fear, but I also remember fondly times of tremendous joy and laughter and happiness and peace. We live in a world right now of uncertainty and fear. Yet God infuses it with joy. We remember that when we celebrate Advent and Christmas. Isn't it a time of uncertainty and fear? Even as we walked in the room 
together this morning. I saw the looks of concern on some people's faces. Are we wearing masks? Are we not wearing masks? Should I have stayed home? I got so many emails this week from people saying they're staying home because they were contact traced. There's about 175 households worshiping from home right now. Can you guys turn around and wave to the camera at all these people worshiping from home? (laughs) There we go. Why is that happening? Because of this time we're in of uncertainty and fear. And yet, as people who believe in the gospel story, people who believe in the Christmas story, we are people not of uncertainty and fear, but we are people infused with hope, with joy. We're people of joy, even amidst uncertainty and fear. That's the story that we find in the gospel today, the story of Mary and Elizabeth and their unborn babies. Let's pick up the story in verse 39, Luke chapter 1. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. She's just been visited by an angel who tells her that she's going to become pregnant with not just any baby, but with God's own son. Mary is not married yet. So there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty and even scandal in the situation. Mary is pregnant, and she runs with haste to the hill country. It's a seven-day journey from Nazareth to the hill country of Judah. And I think that there's a lot packed into these two words, with haste. Young, pregnant, teenager, Mary running with haste in a very uncertain and fearful situation. We think our time is uncertain and fearful. When Mary lived, her entire nation was occupied by a foreign military, a foreign government. There was tremendous uncertainty at the time of Mary. And on a very personal level, she's pregnant and she's not married. If she got caught by the religious leader, she might be stoned. That's way worse even than what Connie was experiencing, getting kicked out of her home. Yeah, I'll bet she ran with haste to the hill country. And yet in the midst of all this uncertainty and fear in this story, let's look at what happens next. Verse 40. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth, too, had been visited by an angel. Elizabeth, too, was pregnant with a completely unlikely situation. She was pregnant with who we would later call John the Baptist. This is where Mary runs with haste to go greet. Verse 41, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Can you imagine this scene? Running with haste, all this uncertainty, all this fear, all this bewilderment, all this wondering, and then this moment of joy. I want to show you this image. This is a a movie still from a movie called The Nativity Story. This depiction of these two women, Elizabeth and Mary, at the moment of their greeting. I love this picture. I love the joy on their faces, the spark of joy. Especially when I consider all the uncertainty and all the fear 
that was surrounding their stories. And yet here, this moment of joy, I wonder if Mary felt affirmed by Elizabeth's proclamation and affirmation. This is a good thing. I know it's confusing and scary, but this is a joyful thing. I just love that. We pick up the story then in verse 43. Elizabeth continues, Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? There's such a humility in Elizabeth's declaration there. And there's a humility in what Mary would say right after this passage. It's what we call the Magnificat. Mary cries out, my soul magnifies the Lord. And she speaks tremendous declarations of her own humility and wonder, why would God allow such a humble person like me for this to happen to? It's exactly what Elizabeth is saying, that Magnificat that Mary launches into. We heard a bit of it in the, what the choir sang during the offertory. Wasn't that beautiful? And Maureen is a new member of the church. And Maureen, I can just tell her humble spirit as she was singing, my soul rejoices in the Lord. That's a clue to how we might feel this joy, this Christmas joy. It's the humility, the humility that Elizabeth shows, the humility that Mary showed, the humility that Maureen displayed when she was singing that song. If you think about it, humble people can experience joy the wonder of it all. Why me? Why would God allow this to happen to me? An arrogant person can't experience much joy. An arrogant person would say, well, of course this is happening to me. There's no joy there. So we humble ourselves to experience joy in this uncertain world. Verse 44. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. We're blessed when we believe that God is faithful, especially in times like we're living in. As we try to discover what this all means, what this story means, how it might apply to our lives, I want to just speak for a moment in some theological categories to help us understand what's going on here. How can there be joy in the midst of uncertainty and fear? It's a very relevant question for us. The Christmas story answers that question. And this story illustrates, the story of Mary and Elizabeth and their unborn sons illustrates how there can be joy in the midst of uncertainty and fear. By now, you've probably heard the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel. It's the name that we give Jesus. It's a simple word. It just simply means God with us. It's a Christmas word. It's a word we sing out during Advent. God with us, come, be with us again. This miracle of Christmas means that the God of the universe has come to be with us. It's a miraculous revelation. The God of the universe is bigger than the universe. If he created the whole universe, yet he's not just some far off higher power. The story of Christmas tells tells us that he's God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And when Mary runs into the room to greet Elizabeth, the joy that she feels in her spirit and the joy that John the Baptist leaps about 
is that God is with them. But it's even more than that. The news gets even better than just God being with us. Think about this with me. What's the real reason that John the Baptist would leap in his mother's womb, that Elizabeth would feel such joy and Holy Spirit presence? It's that Christ entered the room. Jesus Christ, about a week old in Mary's womb. Christ was in Mary. And here's the amazing thing that the New Testament describes us. What was true for Mary biologically is true for us spiritually. We have Christ in us. Ephesians 3, verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Maybe you went off to Christian summer camp when you were young and you prayed that prayer, Jesus, will you come into my heart today? Christ in you. Colossians 1, verse 27, To them God chose to make known how, uh, how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. John leaps for joy because Mary has Christ in her and she walks into the room and there's that spark, there's that joy when Christ in Mary is in the room. This is still true for us today. When a Christian meets another Christian, there can be that spark of joy. Do you ever notice this? When you meet somebody that you've never met before and you think, I think that might be a Christ follower. That might be a Christian. This happens to me, especially when I travel. Sometimes it's a cab driver. And there's just something about them. There's a spark like those two faces of Mary and Elizabeth in that picture I showed you. There's just a spark about them. Sometimes it's a server in a restaurant. And I'll be interacting with the server and I'll think, that's a Christian. Sometimes it's really obvious, like the person will say, have a blessed day or something. You're like, okay, that's a Christian. But sometimes it's this hard to define spark, this aspect about them. Well, it's Christ in them. And we leap for joy. Something in us, like in Elizabeth, leaps for joy when we meet another person like that. We know this. We know that Christ is in us and that that changes everything. We know this even from the, the hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem. You know, O Little Town of Bethlehem. There's this amazing line in verse 4. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. There's that spark when we meet people because Christ is in us. I was in Wisconsin last August. I was officiating the wedding of uh, Wes and Carol Liver's son, Jeffrey. And I had one of these Christ in you encounters. There was a young woman working for the wedding coordinator. And she was hanging out in the hotel lobby by the front desk as guests were coming out of their rooms and heading towards the buses that would take them off to the wedding ceremony. And she was just asking people as they came down the hall, are you part of the wedding guests? The buses are over there. And I saw her coming down the hallway and I thought, there's something special about this young woman. She had that spark in her. And we ended up chatting for a little while because I had to wait for my bus to come. And while we were chatting, she looked down at what I was holding in my hand. And I was holding my folded up white stole that I would wear for the ceremony and the cross. And she looked at what was in my hand, and she goes, wait a minute, are you the minister for this wedding? And I said, I am. And she said, do you love Jesus? 
I said, I do. And she said, he is everything. And I said, he is. I was suddenly aware that the concierge behind the counter was witnessing this whole thing. I wondered what he thought of (laughs) this strange interaction. Something in me, like in Elizabeth, leaped for joy. And in the young woman as well. Christ in you. And it gets even better than that. Emmanuel, God with us. Christ in us. But even more than that, the New Testament teaches that we, if we believe in Jesus, his birth, his death, his resurrection, not only is he in us, but we are in him. We are in him positionally. Philippians 3 Verse 8, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. My Lord, for his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Colossians 3, verse 3, for you, if you're baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, you, it says, have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What a wonderful, joyful mystery. We often pray that with our kids, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart, but this amazing truth from the New Testament is that he invites us into his heart. This changes everything, knowing that no matter what happens to me in life and in death, if I am in Christ, I'm hidden with Christ in God. I'm safe there. Just like Mary when she was running with haste from Nazareth to the hill country of Judah, she had baby Jesus hidden inside her body, keeping him safe from all the dangers of an uncertain and fearful world. If the gospel is true, if we have died with him in baptism and risen again in baptism by the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, our lives are hidden in Christ with God. We are safe in him. No matter what happens in this world. That's why we have joy, even in the midst of so much uncertainty. Christmas means God with us. And the gospel means Christ in us and us in Christ. The appropriate response to such good news is joy. Joy. We are people of joy. That encounter I had in Wisconsin with that young woman in front of the hotel counter, when our spirits leapt for joy, that's the experience we have when we come into this room for worship. We were talking about this a few days ago with the staff. We were studying this passage, and Scott Troyer, our AV team leader, he's normally back at the booth over here. He was saying, oh yeah, I know that feeling. When people, when worshipers start coming through the doors of the sanctuary, my spirit leaps within me. I see these worshipers coming to praise God and it just makes me so excited. I'm so full of joy. People wonder what's so special about Stanwich Church. It's the Holy Spirit's presence. He's present in the atmosphere, yes. But it's Christ in us. It's Christ in us. And our spirits leap for joy when we encounter one another because we're encountering Jesus. 
I have just two takeaways for us. One is how we view each other, and the other is how we view Jesus. How we view each other, that spirit of joy, our leaping within us. We, Christians, are different than the rest of the world. The uncertainty and the fear of the world doesn't seem to be going away. But we can be people of joy, especially now. In this strange time, I'm noticing a lot of Christians, they're reaching for something else. They're reaching for worldly power. They're getting mean. That's not who we are, according to this story. We have Christ in us. We are people of joy. You want to be radical. You want to be countercultural. Be full of joy. Joy is an act of defiance. The prophet Bono said that. Joy is an act of defiance. But how we receive Jesus changes too when we think about this story. 16-year-old Connie stayed with my family for the duration of her pregnancy. Behind the scenes, my mom and the adoption agency was working on finding a family that might adopt her baby. And a family was lined up, and I remember I got to go with my parents and with Connie after her baby was born for the exchange. I remember riding in the back seat, and this little baby was next to me in the child seat, Connie. She was nervous. We drove into this other town, and I remember the houses being really nice. We pulled up into the driveway, and we got to the front door, and there was such joy on those new parents' faces to receive this new baby that they had been longing for, they had been praying for. It changed everything for them. I remember sitting in their living room and just watching tears stream down their face. A story that began with such uncertainty and such fear ended in joy. We can receive Jesus into our homes the same way that adoptive family received Connie's baby. As we anticipate Christmas just five days from now, there's only five more sleeps till Christmas. Let's anticipate Jesus coming into our world, coming into our hearts, coming into our households, coming into our schools and our businesses and our church and our community in the same way that those adoptive parents anticipated that baby coming into their lives. This person of Jesus Christ, when we allow him to enter in, he changes everything. He brings joy. Even in the face of uncertainty and fear. Just as a response to this amazing news, I'm going to have us stand and we're going to sing that verse from O Little Town of Bethlehem together as we prepare for communion. Sing it as a prayer.
be seated.